So yes, welcome to the second episode this month, which is the part two of the listener mail on FinDom. Obviously, we ended up chatting so long, I had split it in two. So I hope you enjoy an extra episode this month. Um, before I get to the interview, I would like to, of course, thank our Patreons. Andrew Blackley, Connor Bone, Deco Very, Brian C, Harry Hypnotist and Matthew Amara, as well as all of our $1 tier patrons. You all make this show so possible and I'm doing such exciting things with the funds this is causing. So thank you so much and I hope you enjoy the second episode. Mm. Um, I think I think that's covered it. So shall we move on to sex work? So we have a question in from Ross. What do you offer subs in return for money? Attention. Ultimately, it's attention. But but ultimately, it's a fulfillment of their fancy. Um, and something that I say very, very explicitly to people that are messaging me is, what's your fantasy? And, and in doing so, like this is where it's like, it became very clear in my head when I moved outside from last time we had this conversation about Findon. Mm-hmm. I was exclusively in a Findon relationship with Toko. Or yeah. I was in a broad BDSM relationship with Toko and still am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was, it was his fetish. And then it's something that, oh, w- w- when I get money into my account, I am actively aroused by it now. So I guess this is my fetish now. <laughs> I, have to oh, take I love a it when that responsibility. Oh my God, I've got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, love it when you just pick up a fetish like by osmosis. Yeah. And and yeah. it's because it's 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 been the center of a lot of really hot things for me. Mm. Um, and now, like, yeah, the, the, like my relationship with Toko from a Finn uh, Dom sub perspective is now like really quite intense, and hence why you don't see much of it on the internet anymore. <laughs> because like I'm not showing that. <laughs> I don't want other people coming coming for my for for my Finn sub, <laughs> but yeah, also yeah, like. Yeah, yeah Tonko goes just, in hard. He is. Uh, yeah. He is. I don't want much other people player. to feel like. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't want other people to feel like this is what Findom is. This might be yeah. the fantasy, but it's not the starting point. And this is okay. something we always have to take into account with any fetish, where I get people who've never been spanked before, said, or or, or who've never been. Uh, like involved in CP before, and there's this picture of Toko's back that did the rounds on Twitter <laughs> after I'd single tail whipped him, and large kind of gouges out of his back and huge red yeah. marks and the occasional blood kind of mark, and people send that to me, and that's their fantasy, but their limits are not in line with their fantasy. But yeah, we've that's talked the about... job of the Tom to establish. Yeah, we've talked about this many times, especially on like Chastity, where everyone is posting mm. online, oh, you know, I've been in Chastity for 12 months now and I glued the lock shut. And that's <laughs> not the norm. That is n- not the baseline you aim for. The baseline is you're locked up for the session. So I've got control of your dick during this session. Exactly. But then if you have a relationship with somebody, you then you might lock them up in between sessions so that they don't play with themselves and they're reminded regularly of the control and and, and, and being reminded of a a BDSM relationship, I think is one of the things that uh, 
that arouses people the most, mm-hmm. where it's like getting a hard-on in chastity, like a casual hard-on that you don't really notice usually. Well, if you're locked, you're going to notice it, and then you're reminded that you're locked because you're in a BDSM yeah, relationship, yeah. and then that's even more arousing, and it ends up as a spiral, and you end up yes. with a pathetic, drooling chastity <laughs> slave at the end of it. And that doesn't require a long period of being locked. There no. is a there is a degree of fantasy or from a Dom perspective about having a sub locked for a long time. Because after a certain amount of time of being locked, the urgency and the desperation goes away and you're just left with this submissive, pathetic, yes. docile sub, which in some regards you suck the life out of what yeah. what their submission was. Like you, you've taken a brat and you, you've you've nailed it to a wall <laughs> but in other regards you're then free to mold that person according to your will but i see a lot of people trying to do chastity long term for the sake of it and yeah, what is yeah. important is that the the way that chastity is presented online every there's always going to be somebody who's into chastity for chastity's sake and there's a lot of people that way uh, the same as there are some people who are into Findom for Findom's sake, and they'll just spew money out into the world, or they'll just try and take as much money as possible, or they're into CP for CP's sake, yeah. and they'll turn up to a stranger's house and be whipped until they bleed and then leave and not expect any aftercare. But that is not my experience of what 90% of the fetish scene is. 90% of the fetish scene is somebody's into one thing that gets them into the fetish scene. Uh, and then they explore so much of what's going on with someone. And the important part is that over as different kinks develop, so our relationship develops. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, Finn, like, as I said, like my Finn sub relationship, my Finn Dom relationship with, uh, Toko has really developed as I've got into it and then that's gone really really deep but also we're still doing CP and CBT at the same level as we were before where if he's not yeah. got bruises on his dick I'm, I feel like I'm doing something wrong and <laughs> that would have been a limit early on in our relationship that would have blown past the limit mm. but those limits get pushed as you get to know one another and then you can be locked for someone and that's yeah. so much more powerful than being locked. And the same thing with Fintop. Like you can yeah. be you can be a willful supplicant who is giving their money to their master, a loving, kind, gentle master, as our person that emailed in said, mm. like what they consider to be a valid Fintom relationship, like a, a, a loving master looking after his sub's finances. You can have that and you can have Many, many other kind of yeah, like you can have it where it. and pure fin sub is pure fin sub, the same as pure chastity or pure spanking. There are some guys that do nothing but spanking. They turn up yeah. at my house, so I paddle them with ten different types of paddle, and then they go home and they're bruised, and they send me pictures of the bruises two days later, and it's like that's not fulfilling for me either. And I, I understand this yeah. is called demisexual. 
<laughs> where you have to have some kind of relationship. I just call it being kind of normal, but we see people who, uh, yeah, I hate the word normal, but it's kind of like, yeah. it, it's, it's the norm. And, but the way that the internet is structured is that all around us, we see people having random sex or the furries having 10 guys face down in a, in a hotel room. And we think that that's what we should be aroused by. That's where yeah. the word should becomes very, very toxic. Mm. It's like, what yeah, should cause... we do? What shouldn't we do? And uh, I suspect we have a lot to talk about in terms of shoulds and shame and guilt. And yes. So on. Yeah. To touch on what you said about demisexual, it's like, you know, I didn't figure out until recently, I'm what would be considered demisexual. And it is not just simple pictures don't really poke a button in my brain. Yeah. Like, porn. it's just porn. People. Yeah slapping bodies on the internet yeah if, if i don't know that there's a person there and i don't just mean like acknowledge them like it is a human being apart from me i mean fully understand that there is a person with needs and a history and emotions i can't really get off on that if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah but i feel i feel like we're getting away from the current topic <laughs> which is sex, yeah, yeah. Been on sex work been on that then yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's been on text work. Yes, it is. Uh, or it can be. Um, if you're going to engage with the 10% of people who are doing FinDom for FinDom's sake, then yes, it's sex work. You're providing a service. You're listening for their fantasy. And then you might get a 10 quid donation or 10 quid tribute, I should say. Um, and then if you don't follow through with what's the expectation is from that, you ain't getting any more like it's the same like if you went to a rent boy and he paid charged 10 quid for a blowjob and it was all teeth you're not going to pay 100 quid to fuck him <laughs> like yeah it's it's the same thing that where we go well, actually yeah like if, if if you give me a 10 quid donation uh and uh, or and i give you some attention as a result and then we have a bit of a conversation about what the fantasy is and i demand another 10 quid and after you've said you like to you like to be the one to initiate it and i demand it well that's over (laughs) like if you uh if you've said that you like to have the money forced from you and bullied from you like a high school bully taking your lunch money and i sit back and wait for you to give the money then we're getting nowhere yeah, um, and, so and there's is... like different different levels of expectation and then i have to think about well what am i able to give what am i willing to give what suits my style which is usually give me your fucking money yeah <laughs> the south london accent <laughs> part of like i want my fucking money it's it's like being in sopranos it's hot um but but yeah like that i think uh, i think there's something to be said with a lot of people don't understand this about sex work in general which is there is still negotiation mm -hmm. and like as you said before like most successful escorts have a roster of regular clients which they have negotiated ongoing deals with mm-hmm. like just because you're paying for it doesn't mean someone can't say no and it doesn't mean they do a flat um flat service 
you mm-hmm. still have to discuss and initiate a negotiation with people. Mm-hmm. And I think people really don't understand that about sex work. I think people don't understand it about sex in general, to be honest. Yeah. Um, people are always so, like, the first time that Toko and I interacted in a kind of like, I mean, he put out a call on social media saying, please tread on me at a recon mm. event. And I trod on him. But, like, then we ended up having a fairly decent conversation about it. Um, and, 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 and we had some really... Sorry, uh, into, uh, just had a noise cancellation blip. So I'll start again with that bit. Um, okay. So my, my first sexual interaction with Toko, aside from kind of like a casual thing, uh, uh, a sex party, was, uh, as far as everyone else was concerned, was I came up behind him at collared, clamped my hand across his mouth, put my hand around his neck and dragged him off to the darkroom. Like, he had yeah. said explicitly, like, we'd had a bit of a, a private chat, like, casually, and had set up some existing limits, essentially. Some limits, some what I have consent to do, uh, or what I can assume consent to do. Uh, and, like, it, we both want to interact sexually. We only ever saw each other when we're out. And he's into being grabbed and being used. Well, therefore, you have to have a pre-existing consent arrangement. And so, therefore, like, you you have these really interesting conversations. And I feel like people want to have the sex and then deal with the paperwork afterwards. Yeah. Of course, you never do. Uh, Whereas it should be that we have lots and lots of these conversations there are people that i played with that i wouldn't presume to play with again right but there's people that i haven't played with that we've kind of like we know from chatting online that we're both super into each other and that we want to play and these are the kind of things he's into and these are the kind of things i'm into and then it's it we get this really uh Again, the second we're actually able to play, then explosions happen. Yeah. And then there are other people where we've agreed that actually, while we're into a lot of the same things and all of our friends are saying we should fuck, if we fuck, the world will end. I like, know who you're one talking of us will about. Be, you know who I'm talking about, but, but genuinely, one of us will end up seriously, seriously injured. Because yeah. our sexual chemistry is just so intense that we've agreed, let's just not go there. Yeah. <laughs> but it means yeah. that there's still this kind of public playing. But but having those pre-agreed um, consensual relationships then means that at any point, like there's, I'd say there's probably about three people in my Twitter DMs that I can light that spark. Like the yeah. fuel's just there. And I can set it off when I've got time, which is to go, this this dynamic is really hot. To Mm -hmm. go, right, okay, this person wants me to initiate and to bully them out of their lunch money, for example. And you know what? Yesterday was payday. So (laughs) (laughs) there's going to be a few messages go out soon, which are like, oi, where's my fucking money? and, And people, like, that allows mean to have a really interesting dynamic with these people mm-hmm. that's a fantasy for me as well 
Like, if you thought the Buster yeah. wasn't like a bully archetype, like every part of like my upbringing taught me to bully people. Like I was obnoxious mm. as a child, um, because I try and hoard power. And this is a fantasy situation where I would never usually be able to live that. And yet here I am able to bully people out of their money. And yeah, it's, it's not about the sandbox. money. It's yeah. not about the money anymore. It's about the power. And it's always about the power. Oh, yeah. So, money. Um, what was that thing? It, there is a quote about that. Where it, power. Yeah. It, money's just a way of keeping score that's the quote i'm thinking yeah. of where it's yeah. always about power money is just how you keep score on that yeah and, and, and it's like the difference between old money and new money in our society yeah. like the, the these these venerable old families who might actually not have that much money and a lot of a lot of them went bankrupt in it, like the aristocracy went bankrupt 150 yeah. 200 years ago um and, and actually, old money uh, is is a very different flavour for new money, and we're enamoured somewhat with new money in today's society, um, which I think is probably better than old money, but still not great. But um, yeah, I think that there's if you if you've got these dynamics, and if you've got the you've got the power struggle sorted out and yeah. then you can both have fun. Like the important thing about sex work is like my image of like when I was a teenager, my image of what sex work was, was like drumming my fingers while somebody railed on my back end. Some old skanky guy wanted to fuck me and was paying me 250 quid so i let him and i was like yeah okay yawn okay are we done now great okay or sucking off a boss for a promotion done that as well yeah um and like that kind of stuff where it's like this is uh kind of thinking about it as sex work but actually like in my 30s i'm not doing anything i don't have to yeah um, and it's... Oh, sorry, sorry. How do I? No, scrap that. I said that completely wrong. I'm not doing anything. I don't want to. Uh, and so, like in these pinned-on relationships, it's not me being a slavish. Oh, I have to remember so and so and so. I have a brain that catalogues what people's desires are, and like what kind of I have a good memory for these kind of things so therefore I get people's names right and I'm able to play with people mentally when I meet them in person and I'm able to kind of tick all of their boxes and remember what their fetishes are and that that I think makes me a good play partner but that that ultimately that's kind of what you need for for doing this kind of sex work but yeah. you've got to have fun doing it because if it's not fun stop like, if yeah, it's not it's... being fun, stop. That's for the doms as well as the subs. If I'm struggling to keep up with a sub who wants X amount of attention from me and I can't give it because of my day job, even if I could retire based on the amount of money they're giving me, it's not about the money. It's about am I enjoying myself? Because the second I start not enjoying myself in any kind of relationship, well, suddenly the power dynamic's gone out of it. 
yeah, it, everything starts to fall apart. Again, like even in sex work, you have both parties have to have something that they're getting out of it positively. Mm-hmm. Is the best way to say. Yeah, and not just money. Yeah, and I also think there is something which I think we'll round back to when we cover shame as a topic in full, but. There's something I've noticed, which is even people that are nominally pro-sex work mm-hmm. are very shaming of people who you, who um, use the services of sex workers. And I've seen this flat out where um, two friends of mine played, and one of them is a well-known sex worker, a pro-dom, um, and they put photos up online. And my friend got so many messages from people who are nominally like, you know, the kinky, yes, you know, good for sex work, saying, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You don't have to pay for it. You don't need to, you know, uh, you're worth more than that. And it's like, buying, so, you know, when engaging I was younger, the services I of sex. I with somebody who was fucking gorgeous and he mm. wanted to pay for it. He wasn't interested in having a power-free sex dynamic. He wanted to pay for it because it was about power, and it always is. And if we, like, we have to be able to respect people's choices. If you want to pay for it, then let people pay for it. There is an assumption that if people pay for sex work, it is because there is something wrong. That they can't get it any other way or they have low self-esteem or anything like that. And it's like, no, sometimes you just pay for sex because it is easier than like going out and building a relationship. Or that sex worker offers something specific you want. Exactly. Somebody who's experienced. um, and, And sometimes you pay for sex because you want to pay for sex because it's hot. Yeah. And this um, goes back um, to the comments earlier about, you know, vulnerable subs who just pay for attention. It's like mm-hmm. maybe they're not. Maybe they just understand what they need and are willing to pay for it. And that is not to be something ashamed about. Yeah. And and I think I'm going to use this term carefully, but I think there's a lot of bleeding hearts um, who who are desperate to be saviors. And mm. so they will victimize people, put people in a victim role who aren't in a victim role. That is until they're put in that position. And I think that fin subs are an excellent example of that, where people are put in a position where society tells them they must have something wrong with them, and that then develops into a shame state. Oh, you see this all the time with sex work. And someone summed it up very eloquently on Twitter, which is like, you always see these things where like sex workers rep rescued and arrested from a brothel and it's like you don't want to help sex workers you want to quote save them yeah you're not listening to them they are an object for you to feel good about rather than people to engage with and ask what they want yeah and uh, and i think that that's something where people mean well and i would not want to live in a world where people do not speak up when they feel like somebody is being abused. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not want to live in a world where somebody doesn't check in with subs to check they're doing okay. The problem is when everyone does that, and given kind of what we have in the, the kink community, is that if you do something 
and people want to check in with you, you can get 40, 50 messages all asking the same thing. <laughs> That's, yeah. It feels like a pylon. Mm. And, and this is kind of where the, the right scream about cancel culture. No, it's just individual people being able to talk back at you for the first time yeah. ever. But that means that you've got 10,000 notifications of people telling you you're a terrible person. Well, yeah, yeah, you feel like you've been cancelled. Well, it's one of those kind of grey areas where if cash subs have people checking in with them to make sure that they're all right constantly, you start to ask yourself, actually, am I all right? But also the kind of flip side of that, yes, I am all right now. Fuck off. (laughs) And then and then you end up there's there's suddenly. Or there's a culture of anonymity. I might humiliate somebody, but I never show who it was. Um, So, yeah, this is a... uh, We're going to have to do a whole show on sex work, because I think there's a lot to dig into. uh, Not for me to to comment. You probably want to speak to somebody else about that, but yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I I have a few people I know I can talk to about that. But yeah, uh, it is a whole topic on its own. Yeah, as I said, I, I wouldn't want to live in a world where people didn't fight and advocate for people that they feel are being abused. Mm. I think one of the problems is that, yeah, uh, in doing so, fin subs get kind of piled on and they get made to feel like they are in shame. But I'm a fin dom, I'm not a fin sub. I think that I kind of leave it to what Toko said the last time we spoke, mm. which was he gets frustrated because he knows he's doing fine. He knows what makes his dick twitch and he'll do what it is that makes his dick twitch. The same as I know what makes my dick twitch and I'll do what I need to, to, to make that happen. <laughs> um, and providing everyone's sick twitching and there's no massive long-term repercussions from it, then, then we're doing okay. Yeah. I, I think that kind of, on the topic of shame, it's something that I get so often when I'm just starting to discuss with people about their relationships and kind of uh, they want to engage in fins up with me or, mm. yeah, they want to kind of find out a little bit more. And uh, I had somebody here, uh, sorry for asking, but does it feel really good being drained? And then, yeah, I, I, I kind of like, right, okay, this is somebody that just has no information. Um, yeah. And then kind of like basically talking them through it. And it's like, okay, yeah, they want to try it. And they, they kind of like being able to go, then, then then saying having a positive experience in that. And, yeah, I shared the last podcast that we have. And I, I tend to say to people, I, I wanted to bring it up so that I could say what <laughs> what I yeah. said, because actually this is quite a, the world is full of people who get off on feet, on balloons popping, mm-hmm. on being cut with scalpels, on the idea of being raped, on the idea of being a rapist, on pain, on rubber, leather, textiles. Relatively speaking, the idea of wanting to give money is only difficult to grasp because capitalism says that money is power and the person that holds the money holds the power. It's not that unusual. It's not just that. A lot of it goes deeper. I feel a lot of the time in society we're told money is your personal worth. As Mm. in, yeah, 
you know, we're apparently living in meritocracy. I dispute that. And like your amount of money shows your personal worth as a human being. Hmm. So to just hand that over, a lot of people find that deeply anathema to what they view money as. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is why nurses earn a million pounds a year. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like there's a great book. CEOs um, earn minimum wage, but well, yeah, this is, that, that... There, there's actually a big explanation for that. There's a great book, um, bullshit jobs. Like I can't re remember the author, but please, everyone should read it. And it basically talks about how jobs with little social value often get paid more. And there's often this expectation that jobs with a positive social value, like nursing, teaching is meant to be its own reward. You're not meant to expect financial reward <laughs> for doing a good job. That is a, a thing that is forever incredibly frustrating. Like when, mm. during the clap for the NHS, the first couple of weeks, some of my colleagues were, uh, they, they were quite overwhelmed and quite happy about the whole thing. But the rest of us were like, hey, we'd like to actually get a salary. That means we can afford to live in London. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, and, hello, bank, I'd like to pay my rent with, with claps. What's that? You well, don't accept claps? What an odd policy. But not even that, but like, how do I put this? Right. Abuse against NHS staff is at its highest level since the NHS started. Right now. Wow. Claps mean fuck all if you turn around and then punch one of my colleagues. Mm. Um, sorry, we're not talking about Findom anymore, are we? <laughs> we're back no, on that, It needs to be said, yeah. But, yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's, uh, this is something where, kind of, when we think about social worth, it's people view... Like, yeah, I, th I almost feel like people have two two minds. Everyone has two minds. One mind, we think about social worth as in the abstract as what, like, oh, okay, these nurses, they're working so hard for people in intensive care, blah, 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 blah. And the other mind is the person that screams at me because I can't get them in front of a surgeon. And it's like, yeah, your yeah. surgeons are currently proning patients on intensive care. Like, there's no surgeons for me to send you to. I'm sorry, you're in pain, but there's not a huge amount I can do about it. And yeah. then people screaming at me and giving me abuse and calling me all kinds of words. And the, there's a kind of duality to it, which is in all of our relationships, we have a kind of thinking about, well, how is it, how, how good is this to society? But then how good is this to me? What am I getting out of this? Um, yeah. What is in um, the abstract uh, is yeah. not always the same as the personal. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's we're kind of in a position where people we like to think that people who bring a lot to society uh, should get paid more, but actually, yeah. when push comes to shove, those same people don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. And actually, if we were like. If we were to double tax, we'd probably be a much happier society. <laughs> there I go on the leftist perspective, <laughs> but actually, like, remove regressive taxes, increase progressive taxing, like, massively. And if you want to leave the country, off you go. Um, let, I'd rather have a country that had a lower GDP but looked after everyone. Yeah, this is the uh, thing. Like, yeah. You see countries with lower GDP, but they have a much better social 
like social cohesion, social safety net, everything, because even though they have less wealth overall, it's better distributed. Mm-hmm. And to kind of link this back to to Findom a little mm-hmm. bit, I have never been contacted. Now, maybe this is a language difference, but I have never seen uh, any Findom from the Scandinavian countries. I've never seen... Uh, what I do see is Germany, France, the UK, and the USA. Findom is, is our thing. And Findom yeah. is not a universal kind of thing. The same way as, like, uh, it, it, it's so amusing that, that kind of the, the turfs are trying to uh, translate their ideology into different languages and finding out that other languages don't have different words for sex and gender. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is deeply amusing to me. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're still trying to make their point while saying sex isn't gender. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's like different phenomena belong to different cultures. And if you belong in a culture that glorifies wealth, then Findom is more of a thing because it means more about power. Whereas if you live in a society that glorifies individual like well-being, then different kind of like you're more likely to think. Well, my experience is without painting too broad a net that that the Scandinavian countries tend to go in more for kind of master-slave and like deep BDSM stuff. Yeah, I'm much more likely to keep a Danish sub in the basement for a period of time and starve him. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe that's just my fantasy but like this is the thing like there's no there's no statistics and there will never be any statistics on this so it's all up to individual kind of like looking and seeing yeah. well what 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 looks to be the case so kind of like heavy disclaimers i'm just seeing what i see mm. and and actually largely speaking it could just be that most of the people that that, that follow me uh, from uh, Scandinavian countries do it for the pictures that I post, for example, because yeah. they don't understand the language. But my understanding is they do reasonably understand the language. But causation and correlation are not linked. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I we've mean, gone off on a massive tangent. No, I mean, to bring it back to the topic, I mean, I think... So I'm going to talk candidly about personal experience. Mm-hmm. As we touched on before, recently I was living in a very difficult financial situation for quite a while. Like, you know, the bills are mounting out. I'm going to be paying off the debt I incurred because I couldn't pay the bills for quite a while. But I've now got back on my feet. I'm financially solvent and I actually have spare cash for the first time. And that actually led me to dip my toe into trying Findom after hearing you and Toko talk about it. Not much, just like a fiver here, fiver there, just like yeah. seeing if it works. And, you know, part of that was I have free money now. This money doesn't have to go on food or bills. This is my money to spend my way. And I can just waste, you know, quote unquote, waste it if I want. I can throw it at the wall. And that is a luxury I now have because I am financially comfortable. Mm. And that is quite a powerful thing for me. Can I push back on that a bit? Sure. Does that mean that people who are 
primarily into FinSub, who don't have financial means, should not get sexual gratification. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. (laughs) I am talking purely in my personal experience with money as sort of an indicator of personal value. Because it's uh, actually what we were saying earlier, where I check somebody's ability to pay. Yeah. And, I mean, amounts differ. Like, you could milk somebody for for several payments of £2.50. Yeah. Like, you you could drain somebody for a tenner. Like, it's about how how we phrase it and how we think of the fantasy. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it it seems almost like a, a natural of the ideals that we said earlier about can somebody afford this to say well actually you can't afford it so therefore I mean if somebody's getting a credit card then (laughs) absolutely not but like yeah yeah, if somebody can't afford it then yeah it's a really weird position to go well will they just give it to an alpha cash master xxx89 Oh, no, like, these are, like, when I was talking about personal, these are people who I have some sort of relationship with existing. Mm-hmm. This isn't just uh, pissing it away in that manner. You have been through this situation, and, yeah, now you have money. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I kind of pulled myself, well, I didn't really pull myself out of poverty, it's just my situation changed. Um, yeah. I, I basically put myself into poverty in order to get myself into medical school. And then when you're in medical school, everyone wants to give you money. <laughs> um, I still, I mean, I left with less debt than I would have done usually, but you still walk out of medical school with a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, it's really weird where actually some of the, while the, a lot of the guys that I talk to have no debt. They have a mortgage that they pay off quite comfortably. Like, and they might have the same salary as me. Um, whereas I have medical school debt, which is getting yeah. paid off well. Um, and I'm sensible about it and I don't buy a huge amount of gear. And mm. there are some months where things are really, really quite tight. I mean, I live in a really nice flat and yeah, and and my partner and I like we have a an easygoing lifestyle. We're never short on money, but still things get a little bit tight sometimes. I can't just buy gear whenever I want. Um, whereas actually, some of the guys I talk to could they could just buy whatever they want, but actually they view it as more worthy to give that to a dom to allow yeah. them to do it. So actually, we end up almost in an inverse power relationship again because they have lots more money than I do. So from a fin-sub perspective, like we laugh at straight alpha cashmaster XXX89 scraping together enough for a Big Mac, but what if that Big Mac's his only meal? Like, yeah, exactly. What if that's his special treat for the week and mm. all he can afford? And actually, we end up in a, like, the reason I don't like them is because quite often they use homophobic slurs and they have hijacked uh, a, 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 an LGBT community thing for their own ends. 
Yeah, there was, uh, I forget where it was, there was yeah. an article out where they basically interviewed a lot of, like, the straight cash masters, and no, they are just actually homophobic dicks. Like, yeah, yeah. actually, it's not a front they put on. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, 100%. Mm. That was my, like, I mean, I can absolutely call them out, um, but, 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 which is why I make so much of my kind of, like, persona online is taking money away from them. Stopping yeah. people, giving people an ethical alternative. Cashmaster, XXX, straight, 89, alpha, XXX, mega, whatever it is. Like, they are your Amazon. Quick, convenient, you can pay yeah. for it and get humiliated. Or you can come to a boutique purveyor of fetish filth. And develop a relationship, and it's a bit more slow burning. Doesn't mm-hmm. hit the spot right. So here, here up for the the gay cash masters, <laughs> your ethical homegrown community, yes. fair trade, <laughs> organic, local farmers yeah. market. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am the farmers market of fetish. <laughs> Between me and and the the, the other gay cash doms, but. but there's just such Wait, a would, different approach. Right. Would that mean trading Bitcoin would be the vegan alternative to cash? Oh, anyway. Unless you're going to send me an entire Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't please have that. <laughs> See, I wonder I mean, this, like, because I am a tech nerd and I know basically Bitcoin 101. The value of a Bitcoin is done by the amount of computing power you've put into it. Mm-hmm. So you could do a FinDom setup where, like, instead of giving money, it's like you have to dedicate your computer's computing cycles. Like, you have to do an hour of generating Bitcoin for me. Uh, Which... The problem with Bitcoin is that it's a guessing game. It's not yeah, like... an inv- It's not a direct, like, it's about probabilities. Yeah. So that hour might get you... A Bitcoin, which is what twenty five thousand pounds, but for everyone else that like you can grind away. I might have a hundred fin subs dedicating an hour a week, but compared to like if if you've just got a laptop, <laughs> you're not <laughs> going to do the same as a, a Bitcoin mine with racks and racks of GPUs. Yeah, and actually, the chance of getting any payoff from that is so low. Oh yeah, like, I mean, Bitcoin's becoming useful because, especially with the, so, with the whole thing with in the US where they were looking to regulate financial services like banks for <laughs> um, taking money for pornography and sex work. Yeah. Suddenly, a lot of the sex workers and pornographers I knew were very interested in Bitcoin. Yeah, because it obviously provides a way to pay for services without getting into it. Now, Bitcoin yeah. as itself has a lot of problems. Like Bitcoin was essentially to prove that cryptocurrencies were viable, but mm-hmm. it's essentially the beta product. It, it, it yeah. has a lot of um, issues that have not been worked out and will not be worked out because they're kind of baked into how Bitcoin's designed. Mm-hmm. So it's a good first attempt at decentralized currency. Well, I say that, but I mean, the, the problem is that now Bitcoin itself is worth so much 
and supply of Bitcoin is slowing rapidly mm. or has slowed over a number of years. Um, so now it's much more like a kind of regular currency in terms of like how, like apart from the fact you can't inject cash into the system. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Bitcoin is, is, has essentially become a monopoly. There's so many other uh, cryptocurrencies, but so many people and private equity has put so much into Bitcoin because the prices have been soaring that actually, like, I don't think that we're effectively developing. No, alternatives are being developed all the time, but they're not growing traction. Yeah, this is the thing. And it, now, I, like, since the whole GameStop thing, I suspect that cryptocurrency is going to face a lot more regulation as well. Yeah, and that will be a test of how resistant it is to regulation, because the idea behind a decentralized currency is you can't regulate it for all the good and bad that comes with that. Anyway, well, this is not can, a crypto. There are plenty well, of podcasts on cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, yes. You're going to cut all yeah. this anyway, so we may have yeah. an interesting discussion. But um, <laughs> the, 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 you can regulate it and you just prohibit people accepting it. Yeah. So the, 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 what you do is you put artificial limits on companies who act as well, – they're not brokers. I can't remember what they're called. Um, the, like the, 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 the currency-changing people. Bitcoin yes, trading. Yes, the exchange. Yeah, the exchanges. Yeah. Okay. So we have talked about a huge breadth of topic. Um, and I'm really thankful for everyone to, who wrote in. We've actually got some more um, questions lined up, but we actually feel this would be better for its own episode because we're going to do an entire episode just around shame, like the concept of shame, about dealing with shame, um, overcoming shame, sort of why we feel it, in what cases can it be good, because, you know, it is a social mechanism. So we're if we've not read out your question on this episode, don't worry, we will be getting to you. So you can find Kinky Boys Pod on Twitter, on Mastodon at the woof.group server. Uh, we have a Discord. We have a Patreon. Please sign up. And thank you, uh, Buster, without you. Thank you for having me. As a white guy with an opinion, I'm always welcome on any podcast. Well, you're basically a co-host at this point, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's um, always a pleasure yeah. having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to talking about shame with you later on. So, until next time, listeners, be well and play safe. <laughs>